Hello, this is Mr. Beverly McMahon, and I would like to say a sincere apology to the family of William Shatner on behalf of Eric Dirty Dog Darcy. What he did last night in the red carpet in St. Cloud, Minnesota was entirely unacceptable. Mr. Darcy has been suspended without pay. Come on. Come on, Beverly. What are we going to do this and get this over with? Oh, what am I going to apologize to the Shatner man? From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Bastry, Minnesota, you download Maine, event, status, radio, with your host, Mr. Beverly Hill, 90210 and the dirty dog dirty. Welcome to Main Event Status Radio. Live at Main Live from wherever you're listening to this to. Live from the Matinee Civic Center here. Manatee. Manatee Civic Center here. Uh, Pamelito, Florida. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. Joining me as always is the Royal Rumble winner from 2020, Beverly Hills. <laughs> you got that right, Dirty Dog. <laughs> yeah, you're, listen- you're sitting next to the champ. What can I say? I always want to sit <laughs> next to the champ here on Main Event Status Radio. <laughs> Every week I feel like I get to sit next to the champ. <laughs> I guess we are the tag team champions of Main Event Status Radio. <laughs> Ding! So we're at the matinee. See, I have my own dig. I have my own dig bell. It just goes ding. So we're at the matinee civic center. Manatee. Manatee. I always get these. At least you, can, you should just call it. You can call it the Sea Cow Center if you want. That's another Ooh. name for a manatee. <laughs> oh, mantar. At, at least we're at a Polipsky, New York. Because <laughs> I cannot say that right either. I apologize. Oh, I should I should have had the intro be me apologizing to all the manatees of the world, yes. all of the polipskis of the world. <laughs> I hope the listeners of Innovate Center doesn't have cancel MESR trending on Twitter. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be so sad. <laughs> I think if that ever happens, Beverly United would need to hang this up. <laughs> oh no. I don't want that to happen either, Beverly. <laughs> well, you and I can still chat on Skype every week and just not record it. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. So, how are things with you, Mr. Beverly Thrills? Oh, man, things are going well. It was a long week. Yeah, it always seems that way with me, too, during the winter season. Yeah, but it's always a bright, a bright sun on the horizon when I get to talk... With the dirty dog so on a lovely Saturday afternoon. Are you saying the weekends are your precious sunshine? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. You are. So, gosh, sunshine, bringing her back. So, else we normally talk about the Royal Rumble or the whatever pay-per-view happened the weekend before and such during this introduction section, but because of what happened with the Rumble last weekend and, like, we kind of foreshadowed with Hashtag cancel WWE Network. Instead of doing a past to present segment, instead of doing 
uh, top five segment. We're going to be talking about that in our main event segment tonight, people. Perfect. Because Beverly and I both feel like we have a lot, I guess, have some opinions about that. So sure. We just, yep. so, so we just thought that we will discuss that at the end of the show and all that for can do our normal discussion of, you know, reviewing a Raw or whatever for the show. Then if you guys are here for that, sweet. If not, if you're here for the Cancel WWE Network trending worldwide on Twitter, I guess you guys, guys, I guess you guys got to wait till the end of the show, Daddy-O. So, Beverly, what are we covering tonight on the episode? All right. Well, like we are covering the aftermath of the 2015 Royal Rumble, we're rolling back 20 years. We're going to cover the aftermath of the 1995 Royal Rumble. Yes. And on the description of the WWE Network for my Roku, it claims the 1-2-3 Kid and Bob Spartplug Holly defend their WWE Tate Team titles. The WWE Universe awaits an apology from Bam Bam Bigelow. And right. more. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, this aired on Monday, January 23rd, 1995, and it was taped the same day. Yep. So probably yep. maybe a few hours beforehand and editing and all that. Right, or possibly even live. They were. I think they were running a few things live. Okay. Is that the Matinee Civic Manatee. Center? Manatee. Manatee. Manatee Civic Center in Palomito, Florida. Palmetto. Palmetto. Yep. Okay. Manatee, Manatee Civic Center in Palmetto, Florida. Okay. I always I like to look up the weird arenas that they're running in 1995. Apparently, the the Manatee Civic Center is still there. Wow, that's in a surprise. Palmetto, Florida. Yes, I couldn't find what was happening. Um, at the time, like today, <laughs> I tried Fair to look, enough. but they have had a um. A basketball team there. Wow. They have, they have had a indoor football team wow. there. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. And I think so too. Like it right now, a four thousand seat a civic center. Wow. Talk, <laughs> talk about things that are very interesting. Before we take our first break and get into the get into the show, I did some dirty research, Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. Okay, you did some dirty research. See, I'm doing more right now talking about the Manatee's Mix Center. Fair enough. Well, I found out what, what what the dark matches were for this taping. Oh, give it give it to me. The first match for the dark matches were Man Mountain Rock defeated, awesome. defeated Pat Powers. Okay. The second match was Bruiser Bedlam defeated Gary Scott. Okay. Third dark match was... Lux Luger defeating Tatanka. The fourth dark match was Diesel defending his World Wrestling Federation Championship against Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> nice. The fifth dark match was The Undertaker defeating our favorite, King Kun Bundy. Oh, our favorite. You got it. And the last dark match was Bret Hart defeating... Owen Hart. Oh, that sounds like a good match. Sheepers Creepers. I wanted to ask Beverly Hills, do you know who Pat Powers, Bruiser Bedlam, or Gary Scott were? Okay, Bruiser Bedlam, I'm looking, is a Canadian former professional wrestler. 
sense. <laughs> he, so it looks I when I was looking it up, it looks like he wrestled on Smoky Mountain. Okay. Um he was also a member of a biker gang called Satan's Choice. <laughs> oh, well this is it ain't this cute. Uh <laughs> in May of two thousand nine, he was arrested for conspiracy to commit murder. And on January twenty fourth, two thousand eleven, he was charged with first degree murder. Oh, ain't this a Cutie. <laughs> well, okay, I guess we're well, not going to talk about him anymore. Then. No, no, don't want to talk too much about him. Okay. Hey, do you know anything about Pat Powers or Gary Scott? Cause, look at that Gary Scott right now. <laughs> okay, because uh, Bruiser Bedlam and Pat Powers didn't have anything on prowrestling.wicca.com. So. <laughs> okay, Gary Scott. Wrestling. Okay. <laughs> Doing some really good... Beverly research. Yeah, this is this is research in the hills here. <laughs> oh, well, he was also a Canadian professional wrestler. Wow. Oh, no, oh this is George Scott. No, no, Darn. we're not going to talk about him. Okay, okay. sorry. That's no more. Okay. Well, well, Pat, Pat Powers. Powers. <laughs> what a name! That's a great name. Or well, what if that was Sexy Pat? Well, while I'm looking up Sexy Pat Powers, um, I do, I, do you want to know what's at the Manatee Civic Center right now? Yes, please. The guy. It was, oh, shit, shoot. Oh, it has a funny name. The Guy Expo. <laughs> That's funny. And also a charity Texas Hold'em poker tournament. Makes, oh, a, makes and, a lot of sense. And tomorrow, the gala of the royal horses will be at Manatee Civic so, so if you guys are listening to this, Stone in Florida on Sunday, February 1st, 2015, herp and go there and, play, <laughs> and do that thing in the Civic Center. <laughs> uh, I don't have a ton about Pat Powers. Just to... No. Not a lot. Looks like he wrestled all the way up until 2003, though, because he was wrestling at Full Impact Pro Wrestling, which was actually a pretty big uh, Florida independent wrestling promotion in the early 2000s. So it looks like that's what he was. So a long longevity for Mr. Pat Powers. I guess that makes sense because I think uh, Sexy Pat at work just celebrated, I think, his 11th or 12th year anniversary work at Speedy Delivery, which is about <laughs> right around this time. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. Coincidence? I think not, Sexy Pat Powers. I We're talking need, to you. I guess I need to talk to uh, Sexy Pat Powers next time I work with him to ask him about his previous days as Pat Powers. <laughs> so, you want to change your identity, Sexy Pat? I know who you are. Dun, dun, dun. Sexy Pat Powers. Okay, go ahead. So we may as well take a quick breather for we can catch our breath and we get into the show. So we'll be right back right after this. All right. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. You leaving my hound dog crying all the time. You leaving my hound dog crying all the time and she never want to rumble you can be a friend of mine oh we're recording anyway this is the dirty dog Peyton Gale recorded here Tampa Florida at the Royal Rumble man what a performance Shawn Michaels and the British Bulldog performed tonight 
I can't wait to see more matches between those two for the Bowl. I can finally show Shamak with why he should have been a Royal Rumble winner. So let's tackle the WWF title match. Holy moly, what an awesome performance prime by Big Daddy Cool Diesel, the reigning and defending WWE champion against an awesome opponent, Brett the Hitman Hart. I bet if Bret Hart had another opportunity to Big Daddy Cool in his WWE title, Bret Hart would walk out as WWE champion once again. Now let's talk about IRS and The Undertaker. It was Dan Druids. If it wasn't for them, it would have been a clean sweep for The Undertaker. But hey, you can't win them all, I guess. Now let's talk about the tag team championships. Yeah, one, two, three, two, hardcore Holly. Well, I mean, Bob Holly. Sorry about that. Take a little bit of time traveling, people. But how awesome it was, one, two, three, two, and Bob Holly win the tag team medals at the Rumble. I hope they can defend their title successfully against the smoking guns on Raw. That would be awesome. And they can hold the tag team titles forever and ever and ever. Amen. And also, the Intercontinental title match. I hope Jeff Jarrett gets his comeuppance sometime soon, people. It is not fair how the lowly behind the referee's back, by the way, hooked his own leg. Kevin Cunnell originally, Jeff Jarrett wanted his one to get back in the ring because I didn't come to the Royal Rumble in my hand and raise, raise the remote. I came to win the Intercontinental title. Hey, Jeff Jarrett was able to do that with helping of the roadie. Because when the razor must restart, the razor had to fill up in the razor's edge. That's when the way he hold on. That's when Jeff was able to uh, capture the intercontinental title for the very first time. People, the real rumble was amazing from start to finish. I can't wait until next year to see what happens. Because I hope Kevin Anderson will come back next year. Because I wish I could get my game with it. It's like I almost got. This year. Guys, thank you for uh, joining us for the Royal Rumble. I can't wait for WrestleMania 11 because things are shaped up to be a great card. Guys, thank you for listening. This is a dirty dog, dirty dog Pettingale. Uh, I just can't speak because I'm so excited. I'm a dirty dog Pettingale. I'll talk to you guys next time. You WWF talking Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior! They're big enough to be talking tough! Host the rules, brother! Not in my kingdom, Hogan! Feel the power of Hulkamania! Uh, ah! You WWF talking wrestlers are big! Each says six fighting phrases! Using the real voice of Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior! Listen! I am the Ultimate Warrior! I challenge you, Warrior! I accept the Ultimate Challenge! Gonna be a great battle like these guys are talking! <laughs> you WWF talking wrestlers, they're big enough to be talking tough! Yeah! Alright, we're back, everyone. We did some awesome research in the first section. We've discovered the previous life of one of our listeners, one of Dirty Dog's co-workers. co-workers. <laughs> and now we're back to party. We're back to talk about Monday Night Raw. So the show opens up with Mr. McMahon starting out and apologizing for what the Bammer did last night at the Royal Rumble and why he was suspended without pay. Yes. 
He was in a khaki suit talking about Scott Bam Bam Bigelow. So what did the Bammer do last night at the Royal Rumble Beverly Hills? Well, if you really want to know, go back and listen to last week's episode. But I like your first, I like your teaser, Beverly. I like your <laughs> teaser. Get those listens up. Get those yeah, numbers up. You want those numbers. <laughs> so he, But for those of you who aren't willing to do that, lazy he (laughs) went over to lawrence taylor after his match after lawrence was to be honest being a rude dude and he was heckling bam bam and bam bam pushed him down yes he's crazy that guy yes he is crazy that's what lawrence taylor's buddy said then we got the classic raw intro And Mr. McMahon walk, does his normal VKM yelling to welcome us to Monday Night Raw. And the color guy for the night is the winner of the Royal Rumble. Da, 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 oh, oh, Beverly. <laughs> yeah, this is, I think this is the first time that, well, yeah, I think it's the first time that in the times we've watched where Michaels has gotten a full intro to be, um, color commentator but it makes sense on a couple of regards it makes sense since he won the rumble the night before but also makes sense because i think this might be the first or second time that he's actually in the place that they're broadcasting from yeah which makes sense i think he's green screened most of the time he's been there yeah because it was it was cool to uh, have vince you know to the crowd welcome welcome the royal rumble winner to the color commentating booth yeah right which I really enjoyed. Then, yeah, Vince put over how Sean was number one in the Rumble and how he won the whole thing. And it seemed like it was back in 95, it seemed like it was a pretty big deal to enter the Royal Rumble early on, especially number one, then win the whole thing. Unlike today, yep. it doesn't really seem like it mu- means much since it's happened a lot of times. A yeah, lot, like, now f- since, like four right. times, but. Yep. Then Sean uh, said he's excited to be arm in arm with Pamela Anderson walking to WrestleMania 11. Then Vince yep. gives a gives Sean a goofy face during the during the time when McMahon or when he was chatting with McMahon, which I enjoyed. Right. Which leads us to the opening contest tonight, Beverly Hills. Yeah, well first I told you so. I told you so, McMahon. Which I said I was gonna do it and I did it. Which he said he which he was been bragging about the last few weeks on the episodes that we've been covering too. Yep. But everybody does that though. Right, right, right. So because of what we'll see later on in the night, Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. It's this, de- this is definitely. This will, it has to be my main eventer for the night, Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it takes over half of the episode. So if if you were to say this wasn't the main event, I think you'd be crazy. Like, oh, I think the main, I think the main event was, I can't remember who else wrestled. <laughs> Buck Quartermain. Oh yeah, Buck Quartermain quickly becoming the star of main event status radio. Yeah, <laughs> that that would be he's the the main event. But anyways, so yeah, uh, tag team championship. Um, Sparkplug Holly and One Two Three Kid defending against the Smoking Guns. Uh, Billy's mullet. Wow, it's like the long part isn't even attached to the back of his head, so it just like swings. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's just like, whoosh, whoosh, like a, it's a video game. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like it's like an older video game, like one that came out like in '99. Yeah, where it does, where the hair isn't like rendered very well, so it just kind of like goes. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, or it reminds me of like the first, 
like the SmackDown game that came out for PlayStation One back in like ninety nine. Okay, right on. I guess I want to get your thoughts on your thoughts on when the challengers coming out first. Yeah, I think that's how it should be. Same here. Yeah, I'm with it. Then, so uh, yeah, I noted that Earl Hebner's a referee for the match. Okay, and uh, Pyro went off, and the champions came to the ring, which I thought was right. a nice touch. Dinner, dinner, dinner. One, two, three. Dinner, dinner, dinner. Um, HGK <laughs> did have a funny line when he was describing the celebration of one, two, three, kid and Bob Holly. What was it? Ben? Holly took one, two, three, kid out in his AMC Pacer, drove him around for a victory lap, and brought him home and gave him milk and cookies before he put him to bed. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> awesome. I know, we talked, I know we talked about this before, you know, kind of along with what you mentioned about the mullets. How much older do the smoking guns look with their mustaches? <laughs> totally. They, Billy Gunn legitimately looks younger now, 20 years later, than he did in 1995. Yeah. Like, seeing him on the Royal Rumble on Sunday, he legitimately looks younger. Yeah. Looks a little tubbier, but outside of that, then, uh, what's to expect it? I'm, I'm fatter than 20 years ago, too. Yeah, same here. Then McMahon <laughs> plugged the hotline, the 1-900-737-4-WF. It's 149 a minute. And, uh... Yeah, should we call the Bever- that line Beverly Hills? I don't think so. Okay, good, because I don't want to get that porn line. So I always had, to, I always get a good kick out of when the from the original broadcast and they put plugged the hotlines or whatever else. So I, I, as usual, I took down the took down the number, took down how much it would cost back then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I do want to mention another line that Shawn Michaels said right away uh, at the start of the match. How was uh, Bart Gunn and Bob Holly start the match? Then uh, right, 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 right towards the start, Michael said, Cat fight, cat fight, rawr, rawr, rawr. I knew you were going to like that. I just knew it. Yeah, so it made when me I was laugh. watching it, I knew you'd like it. It would give me a chance to make my uh, my cougar cat, noise, cat fight noise, too. <laughs> All right. And it did start pretty quickly with uh, Billy and Holly going back and forth, jumping over each other and all that kind of thing. Kind of culminated with a big Holly slam before the guns uh, – took over there um there's a really nice uh, bart power slam that he had off of a couple leapfrogs from the one two three kid um want to touch on one two three kid <laughs> I, I was writing this when i was watching it um have i ever told you that some of my friends were present when xbox butt exploded in the ring last year i think you may have but i don't think we talked about this on the podcast yet Please talk. Please tell the main event status listeners about this story, Beverly. So, if you if you weren't aware, well, I think it was last winter. I whether it was in the early part of the winter or um, 2013, there was a wrestling show in the Twin Cities that uh, it was like Perry Saturn's return from being lost for like six years, and it was what you would call it Jerry Lynn's retirement show too. Yeah, yeah, right. I think X Pac was uh, wrestling him when his butt exploded. Yeah. So, so he like he was going for a Bronco Buster, and I don't know if he like missed or something, but like his ass hit the turnbuckle and it like ripped open. <laughs> I asked my friends. I was like. 
was, they were just like, oh, yeah, we went to the wrestling show, whatever, last week or the week before. And I was, like, trying to put it together in my head. And I was like, oh, my God, is that the one where X-Pac, like, you know, blew up in his butt? Ripped it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my one friend was just like, so much blood. <laughs> Disgusting. I feel bad. I mean, like, it's awful. I'm so glad that he's, like, recovered. But, like, they did say that he, like, legitimately just bled so much. I guess gives us a new... Sorry. I'm sorry, viewer, listeners. I guess it gives us a new meaning of ripping somebody a new one, huh? Oh, my. Yeah, Did he ripped himself a new one. Talk about, you know, talk about one-liners, how... Uh, I think right around the time and all that, that McMahon was uh, talking about how Bart Ken was ge- was beat up or was getting beat up by a hardcore Holly, and uh, McMahon said, "Bro, he wants to get back in there." I think at that time, uh, or I think at that time, Billy was never was never ever the legal guy yet. It was never taken <laughs> in. So how does he want to get back in there, Vince, when he was never the legal guy? I don't know. Well, Vince has never been accused of. Be overly <laughs> watchful. Fair enough. <laughs> but that that line made me laugh. I had to mention that. The first uh, first near fall came when um, Billy or sorry Bart got Holly up on his shoulder for like an over the shoulder back backbreaker, but Holly weaseled out, crotched Billy. X Pac ran in and they double suplexed him, but only a two count. And we got a commercial break. Yes, perfect. Okay. The next segment was dominated by a conversation between McMahon and HBK that started with, you ever get kicked in the face by a cowboy boot, McMahon? That's funny. And then they proceeded to talk for like five minutes about whether Vince has gotten kicked in the face with a cowboy boot. Because (laughs) Vince tried talking about Billy Gunn's cowboy boot and then uh, HPK goes, no, I asked you if you ever got hit in the face with a cowboy boot. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay, so then we got, like, a pre, like, a baby masser on Billy from 123Kid. And then right away, a real masser from Billy on 123Kid. Yes. <laughs> okay. Then after this is when it starts to get good. Well, before we get to that... I don't mind. Well, I actually took note about that Fame Master from Billy yes. the Kid, and it seemed like Kid set set it up to being super tired. How okay? He, yeah, how he sent Billy into the ropes and bent over and also do a back body flip. Then yeah, then that's when Billy hit the Fame Master, and it seemed like that Kid. I think right on that time, Kid was in the ring for a while, being oh beat, yeah, he had been in the ring for a long time. Yeah, being beaten down. So I, I, th- I thought that was a good storytelling part right there. With right on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kid was going you know, to back body drop him and wasn't really paying too close to attention where Billy was at and, you know, was, you know, set up. It was a setup for the house of fame master. Right on. And I, you know what, to be honest, I really don't like the fame master or whatever Booker T's like kick thing. Oh, the, yeah, the scissors kick. Yeah, because, like, you have to set them up weirdly to just be, like, bent over. But, I mean, at least in this regard, it makes sense because, like you said, he was tired. He was kind of just, like, lazily setting up for a backdrop. So, like, that makes sense why he would be like that. Um, And in the future, once Billy makes this his finisher, he has to just, like, kick him in the gut. And then you have to, like, sit there for 30 seconds with your head down. So that looks weird to me. Yeah, Yeah, because, like you said, the moves like that, 
Yeah, it doesn't really make too much sense, but I think we mentioned this before in previous podcasts. Wrestling logic and regular logic don't go hand in hand. That's true. It's true. So, like I said, this last portion, the last maybe five minutes of this 15, 17 minute match really get good for me because um, as the guns kind of start getting more aggressive, start getting more like playing the heels in this match, that's when it really kind of picks up the pace. Um, After Bart laid actually a sick looking leg drop that looked like it was going to pop one, two, three kids head off of. Off of his body, he gets him up into what I believe they called the sidewinder, which was Bart doing a doing a side sidewalk slam with Billy doing a leg drop onto him, which looked good. But they cockied around too long, and Bob Holly broke it up. Okay. Yes. Then we got a double leg sweep from the guns, but we went to the break. Woohoo! Another commercial break. Yep. When we come back. The guns hit their second double team finisher. I don't know if this one had a name, but it was when Bart would put up the opponent in a vertical suplex and Billy would come with a drop kick, which Billy always did an awesome looking drop kick, so it looked really cool um, yes, in, that, in this too. Yes, I don't know. Michael said also put over that Billy should have went for a quick pin, but instead of touching uh-huh. the crowd, which, yep. which I, I know I mentioned this before, but I really enjoy having. You know, a color guy being a former pro wrestler or even a manager like for Jim Cornette and putting up, pointing things out like that in the match, which I really enjoy because that shows, I guess, helps the viewers at home or on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine a month to help build the psychology in a match and kind of help, help to help explain things. Sure. So I guess I enjoyed okay. Michael's kind of pointing that out, and I feel like he he did not bury the guns like he did with Lux Luger weeks before. Right. Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, like sometimes I think it's who Michael's is friends with fair, get fair enough, good yeah. get good commentary, and who aren't get kind of crapped on. But um, so we're getting to the finish. The guns or uh, Billy goes off the ropes. That Holly kicked him in the back which allowed Kid to break free from Bart tag Holly in. Um, Holly went right up top for a splash, but he got kicked in the face. And then the guns, uh, Bart picks him up. Uh, oh, yeah. In like a backbreaker position, uh, Billy comes in with a reverse DDT, and we got new winners. Yes. So uh, the winners are the Spoking Guns new World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. Yay. <laughs> Beverly Hills, I think we're back to our normal rating system because <laughs> I rated this match one and one half star. Yeah, I went two and a half with that. Yeah, because I read, well, I rated this match that one and one half because the guns worked hard for the match. And I felt like this, I thought this went a little too long yeah. with it being one sided towards the end. Sure. Well, I would. Yeah, go ahead. I guess. Yeah, it just felt like towards the end that one, two, three, kid, kid, and uh, spark, sparky plug were being beaten down and seemed to be weak, especially okay. that night before on pay per view that they won the tag team titles. Granted, you know, right. we talked about that match. We didn't really feel like it was a. At least I didn't enjoy the ending too much, but I just felt like the tag team champions being seen jobbed 
the only way it seemed to be jobbed out towards the end. I had to I had to lower my rating down for this match a little bit. Right on. So I, I rated it two and a half. I thought the first like ten minutes, like I, like you said, was kind of a slow face to face on face matchup. But as the guns kind of started to take a more aggressive approach, um, throwing out those kind of cool looking, uh, impactful double team maneuvers, that's when I really got you know came around on it. Really liked it. So that's oh, yeah. where I came about okay. on it. Well, yeah, like we both agree that this was definitely the main event of the night. Yeah, right on. So then we. Yeah, I do think it went. It, I do think it maybe went like three or four minutes too long, though. Yeah. Like I'll agree with you on that one. This I don't think we need a seventeen, eighteen minute match. Even more, I think with Billy Gunn and yes, definitely. You know the guns and the and the one two three kid. Then yeah, then uh yeah, Bam Bam. Then we get a Bam Bam Big Low Slim Jim commercial. Right on. One then, snack. It's for wimps and punks. So like Lord One Taylor. is for me. Snap into a Slim Jim. So I guess, <sighs> I guess potato chips would be for Lawrence Taylor then. Wimp and a punk. Then, uh, yeah, then uh, we come back with Vince McMahon, talking with the former champions ringside. Uh, Vince says that Bam Bam Bigelow and Tataka took two. Oh yeah, Vince McMahon first mentions, you know, it says mentions to him that Bam Bam and Tataka took too much out of them last night at the Rumble. Yes. The one, two, three kid talked, and it seemed like whenever Holly tried to talk, the kid cut him off. And the kid wanted. That's Vince cut him off. Yes. Kid tried. Kid was like, "Guns, I want." And then Vince is like, "Holly, what do you think?" <laughs> but yeah, then yeah, then uh, kid wants another title shot next week, which yes. which uh, was a foreshadow. Then right. uh, McMahon sends us to Pentangale with another Royal Rumble report. Which was taped. And I wrote, which was taped of the rumble. And I wrote, I'm not taking notes on this as we watched it last week and have a whole podcast about it. Because yeah. literally, all he does is just read the results. Yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that it's like listening to our podcast, but at least you can do something else while listening, and you don't have to watch us talk. Like you have to watch that. He's just reading from a notebook. How do they put this on Raw? This is like a six minute segment of just him reading his notes off a notebook. Yes, and it, I didn't laugh because I don't remember him even talking about the Royal Rumble match itself. He didn't at all. So he that, just talked about the regular matches. So that made me laugh. So if you, so we're not going to talk about that. So because if you guys want to know our thoughts, listen to our show last week. Then uh, and all yeah, and all that. Then uh, we go back to Shawn Michaels and McMahon. The fans were chanting Weasel. No, he's talking. They were chanting Diesel. Oh, okay. It makes a lot of sense then. Because <laughs> so I was going to say that, see, like to me, the chance for the crowd was chanting Weasel. I was going to say, wait a second. Shawn Michaels is Bobby Heenan? <laughs> then at that time, Michaels did mention that he needs somebody to watch his back. He needs. A bodyguard. A new bodyguard. Beverly. Ooh, yay. I'm excited that we're going to be in the midst of the bodyguard search. Beverly Hills. Do we need to jump back in my 1989 Buick Century, go back to 1995 and uh, be <laughs> Shawn Michaels' bodyguards? We'd be amazing yes. bodyguards for Shawn Michaels. That's for darn sure. So we could be the, you know, how we, the other week we were talking about, we would become the Beverly bodies. It would make sense, <laughs> you know. To be the Beverly bodyguards. Yes. 
Yes. And after we get dumped as a bodyguard, we can just go from Beverly bodyguards to the Beverly bodies. <laughs> you got it. The Beverly bodies. Yes. So we get a PowerPoint slide, which we'll put up right now to take us into our break where we can catch our breath. Beverly Hills. Do you know what the PowerPoint slide said? Uh, IRS next. IRS in action. Mm, I was close. Close enough. Let's <laughs> we're going to take a quick break where we can catch our breath. We'll be right back on Mid Event Status Radio. Right on. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Mr. Beverly Hills, and I'm going to use, you know, the internet's dead. The internet's done. I'm using the phone, and I'm using this here podcast, Main Event Status Radio, to launch my career in phone broadcast singing. I'm going to take this phone. The CMAs are here. The AMAs are here. Everybody's here, and they want to hear me sing. (laughs) Ain't I great? After a hard night's work of back-breaking labor, the first thing I grab out of the fridge is an ice-cold can of Mellow Yellow. This 12-ounce can of love cools me right off and mellows me down after a long night of stacking boxes perfectly. You want to cool off for a hard day's work or be mellow like me, a Dirty Dog Darcy of Main Event Status Radio? Grab a can of Mellow Yellow, crack it open, and stay classy. And we're back here at Minivent Status Radio, and we're watching a video footage of Brett the Hitman Hart and William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, a great tag team, Monday Night Raw, Tech War. Yes, as I say, that's the only thing, thing I'd note was we come back with a video footage of Brett Hart and William Shatner. It ain't right out yeah, and it was else. really quick. It was super quick. Okay, then... We get our next match, which I was excited to see ice one half of the two guys, we get Erwin R. Scheister versus our favorite, Ice Mine, Buck Quartermain. Yes, the real star of the show, Buck Quartermain. And to this time, he's got two different boots on. Ooh, very uh, Quartermain-ish. <laughs> Yes. So uh, is one is one's like striped, and the other one is just like normal. Yeah. So I did also write down that uh, he's wearing a wrestling singlet, which is like red and white. Right. And yes. I really liked it because it was right. like an unusual pattern. Because it's like it's like like one like top part was one color, the bottom part uh-huh. was a different color, or something like that. Yeah, it was kind of like 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 halfway. <laughs> yeah, cut down. Yeah. at a weird angle. Yeah. See, actually, that. That's a super common, like, high school wrestling, like, uh, design. Oh, is it? So, yeah. So that that was pretty common to me. Watched a lot of high school wrestling back in the day. Makes sense. So, I, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that's, he stole that off of his <laughs> local junior high. And <laughs> brought it to Raw. Yeah, found, I, one boot, found one boot one place, one boot another place. Yes. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever works for Buck Quarter, man. Man, man, man. And then IRS comes out with Undertaker's urn, which makes right. me, which we smile. Yep. 
Yeah, I don't have a ton. I don't have a ton of notes on this match because most of the match is all about this phone interview. Yeah, I was gonna say only notes I have besides IRS coming out and done with Undertaker's urn and Quartermain's attire. All other notes I have is Roddy Piper being on the telephone and uh, bickering about you know the new generation and putting over the how the Rumble was and how uh, Piper uh, putting over the show Piper will be. Uh, hosting, I think, like the week after about the Royal Rumble or something like he's, that. He's, uh, uh, they're going to replay it on the Viewer's Choice Network, which is kind of like a pay-per-view network. It's uh, I don't I don't know how you describe it. Like on some um, cable providers, the Viewer's Choice Network was just like this one free channel, so you would get it a week later. Um, that's where the free for all would be. Okay. Yeah, and um, so he was doing commentary on it. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, yeah that was. Pretty I cool. love the new generation, and I love raw. So yeah, that made me laugh. But yeah, that, that's the only notes I took down. So I can okay. let you talk about whatever other notes you have. Okay, I'm between the generations. I got one foot in the old, one foot in the new. You and me, Vince McMahon, we're like fine wine. Oh, yeah, because didn't Piper even uh, ask McMahon about that, too? Cause, yeah, he uh, asked which generation he was in. Yeah, because I thought McMahon was asking Piper about, uh, aren't you part of the old generation? That's when Piper yeah. asked you know, McMahon the same question right back. Well, well what, what you be considered that, too, since you've been around a lot longer than me? Which was true, because Vince has well, been Vince around since, it. like, the late 70s. And, uh, Vince said he was in the, he was between generations. That's then funny. he called, then he called Sean Cher, which that doesn't even sound close. He's like, Cher? And then Sean's like, Sean. Oh, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> yeah, so which makes me Piper laugh going, too. Piper wasn't going nuts on Bam Bam for the LT thing uh, toward the end of the match. So you kind of, I, to be honest, missed the finish. All Same I know here. is that. IRS was raising his hand, so at some point he beat Buck Quartermain. Yeah, so the winner is IRS. I read this match. The Dave Meltzer's famous dud. Well, to, it could be a dud. It could be a five-star. I don't know. All I know is it was all about the Roddy Piper thing, so apologies to IRS and Buck Quartermain. Yeah, they could have put on a true classic. I don't know. I, I read this match a dud because I was taking notes from the phone call when this match was happening. Uh, right. happening I wasn't paying attention to my TV screen. Yes, right on. So then uh, Ted DiBiase got the urn and gave it to IRS, and they flaunted in the ring when Piper and Michaels were bantering back and forth more on the f- telephone. And I guess, yeah, Michaels would be on the Encore Plus with Piper when they uh, watched the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Yep. Then we go backstage with Man Mountain Rock and his segment, WWF Week in Music. Yep, yep, he's playing some tunes. And then he goes... Superstars, prepare yourself because it's time to go to school with Man Mountain Rock. I wish to do more segments like that on on Rock because I felt like this wasn't. I thought this segment wasn't didn't stay past past what it should have been. I thought this segment was just just right for its length. Yeah, I th- I figured when. It was WWF Weekend Music or whatever. I didn't think it was just going to be a vignette, but that's really what it was. It was just basically just like a 25, 30 second bit with Mad Mountain Rock playing the guitar. Yes. And uh, like you kind of mentioned, I guess we're going to school with him. So Beverly, I guess. 
We're we're going to school together again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I look. I basically am Mad Mountain Rock. So, <laughs> I guess Mad Mountain Rock is a ripoff of you, Beverly Hills. <laughs> I don't teach music though. If I if I taught music, then it would be total. Close enough, Beverly Hills. <laughs> Our band teacher does not look like Mad Mountain Rock. Good. Then uh, Lawler comes down to the ring for the Kings Court with Double J. Then we get a commercial break. And we come back with the Kings Court with WWF Intercontinental Champion, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And he's all golded out. He's got a gold nipple cage on. And then he's got the gold Intercontinental Championship belt, too. I was going to ask your thoughts on on Jarrett's light-up jacket, hat, and his debuting light-up pants. Yeah, oh yeah, he was man. He was blinking something fierce. I want to get up like that, Beverly Hills. I'd do it. I'm not gonna stop you. I want the DD. Like he had the he had the JJ. I you could do want the DD for Dirty Dog. I want that. Why not? <laughs> then uh, Double J said that he lived up to his word at the Rumble, mm-hmm. and he said he he did what he said. He walked out as the new Intercontinental Champion, as he promised. Then Double J said he'll grant a rematch to Razor whenever Razor wants. Then the kid wanted to know what's next for Jeff Jarrett. I want to say it. Okay. What is it? There's one missing ingredient. <laughs> yes. What is it, Beverly What Hills? is that? Oh, you're, I, okay. The missing ingredient is that he wants the World Heavyweight Championship, and he's calling out Diesel. He wants the heavyweight title. You'll accept my challenge if you got the guts. Which makes me laugh, because uh, what, what was one of the dark matches that we had talked about in the intro, in the beginning part of the podcast, Beverly Hills? Was it Diesel versus Jeff Jarrett? And Diesel won to retain his <laughs> title. Cool. So, I wonder if they, ta- they. I bet they must have taped this King's Court first. Well, they might. Well, it might not. And then, and then like, because that would make sense, right? If they if they tape this and then they tape that dark match. Yeah, we'll make. I don't know if they tape the dark match or not, but. Or oh, sorry, but I I, I mean they put on. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. Then we get another part point slide. The British Bulldog is in action. We go to a commercial break and we come back. And this Saturday at ten a.m. nine, 9 a.m. Central on the USA Network. Mm-hmm. WWF Mania, and it'll be covering the first hour of ticket sales for WrestleMania 11. How exciting, Beverly Hills. Yeah, oh, I, bet it, I bet it is. Then uh, tickets go on sale for WrestleMania 11 this Saturday, January the 11th, which mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense since uh, it will be way past uh, the airing. Then, uh, yeah, call Ticketmaster at 1-203-525-4500 to order your tickets. Again, the number is one two zero three five two five four five zero zero. After the podcast, Beverly Hills, we should call to get our tickets for WrestleMania Eleven. How exciting would that be? Oh, it'd be about as exciting as it gets, man. Yes. <laughs> then we uh, get our main event match: the British Bulldog against the Black Phantom. Yes, the Black Phantom. Do you know who played the Black Phantom? I sure do, buddy. Okay. Since you also did some research in the hills, Beverly, <laughs> who was the Black Phantom? 
So Black Phantom, I don't know if it was like a recurring gimmick for this guy, but he played Black Phantom in 94 and 95. Oh, did he? He goes on to be a key component of the Attitude Era. Uh-oh. Joey Abs. No. Darn. Beep, 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 beep. <sighs> ping, 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 ping. Wow, wow. Gangrel. Oh, that was Gangrel? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. He he seems a lot thicker than what he ended up being. Yeah. Like well, he, he's a lot heavier, but. Yeah, so I was trying to figure out, you know, remember his uh, body type. I was just, yeah, trying to figure out who, yeah, just trying to figure out who, who you later on to be. Yeah, but it sure, it sure seems like that this was Gangrel. It seems like he actually, this was his gimmick on, um, in Indie Federations at this time too, so. So I guess it's pretty it, confirmed that this is Gangrel. Okay, I guess it makes sense since you know obviously his mask cover up his face and his hair, so it's yeah. kind of hard to hard to figure out who he was. Right on. It was a really interesting mask too, because it had no <clears throat> no eye holes, no mouth holes. It was just a black yeah. mask. Hmm. Which was black a, phantom. I know right away. I did note that Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels go over what we'll see on Raw next week. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I missed it because I didn't uh, take any notes. And we get a commercial for the WWF Raw video game. Yep. Felt like the uh, commercial was cheesy, but it was probably one of my favorite wrestling games, even nowadays. Right on. They, like you said, the black scent was under a black hood, and the bulldog is yelling something at Shawn Michaels. Something, yep. along, well, something along the lines of that Michaels ripped him off last night. I, th- I believe so. I think that's, and that's kind of what McMahon spent a lot of the match griping at, at uh, Shawn, too. And then Michaels made a crybaby sign to Bulldog, which made me laugh. <laughs> which, yep. which, uh, which then the Black Phantom did the Pearl Harbor job from behind to start out the match. Yep. He he hit a slam even. Yes. But then he took it too far, went up top, missed the splash. Bulldog capitalized. Hits the famous, one of my favorite finishing moves very simple but effective because it looks cool because yeah. to run with a guy while you're carrying him is impressive like and it always will be because it takes a lot of strength so hits the running power slam finishes him off one two three because i you know i just think that how can a the running power slam be a an effective finish maneuver but i can see how it could kind of knock the, the wind out of somebody for th- at least oh, three yeah. seconds so, you know, trying to put some simple simple logic to it. Right on. Then uh, I talked about, you know, Black Phantom being Gangrel. I did write down nice DDT to, to the Bulldog. Go Phantom. <laughs> so that makes sense. He uses it later. That's his finisher, the so, Impaler. So, yes, the winner is the British Bulldog. And once again, Beverly Hills, I rated this match a dud. I went half star. I mean, I, I thought... It was too short to really be anything, but yeah, that's, everything in it was fine. Yeah, for me, it did nothing for me. It felt like a jobber match. Right Although on. I pointed out Michaels a few times, whatever. Sure. Then we, after the match, McMahon put over the WWF Superstar line once again, gave us the number, 1-900-7374-WWF. Again, the number is one 900 <laughs> 4 WWF. 
Yeah, and as so as Bulldog was winning, he was again pointing at Michaels, and Michaels did my favorite move that he ever does, which is the I'm so scared <laughs> yes. fingers, which that's always been my favorite. Him and um, Nash do great. I'm so scared. Oh, no, Hall. Yeah, Hall, I, yeah. It's not Nash, it's Hall. Yes, Michaels I mean, and Hall the are famous, the best. Yeah, the, yes. Jiggly the figure, like, ooh. Like it's yep, waiting kind so of thing. Yep, that yes. I'm so scared. Then we go backstage for Bam Bam Bigelow for a quote unquote apology. We get Did some... you see Big- Bigelow's outfit? Yes, yeah, so he's all <laughs> dressed up too. It's like an with his weird black suit with like black shirt underneath it. It's yes. it's got like zippers on it. It's so weird. Yes. Then we got some technical audio or some technical audio difficulties, and then we go to a commercial break. And after the break, we still had some. So next week. And all that. So next week we'll see King Kong Buddy versus Mabel in a two-man battle royal. Mm-hmm. Then we'll yeah, see the tag team title rematch with the Guns versus Kid and Holly. And I guess Kama will be there, and Michael sings a song with Kama. Oh yeah, during that time, Michael sings a song with Kama in it. Yeah, yes, Kama Chameleon. Yeah, from the eighties. Kama Chameleon. And we go backstage with Bam Bam, who still has some audio problems, and, the, and and he asked, "Can we get get this over with?" And we go <laughs> yes, right. So we're not getting it this week. Yes. So we'll take a quick, quick break, 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 break. We'll be back <laughs> with our main event set of star, our jobber. We'll give you guys our opinion on the Royal Rumble 2015 and hashtag cancel the WWE Network. We'll be right back, right after this. Right on. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, brother, this is the immortal one, Mr. Beverly Hills. And you know what? Those other guys who tell you about the Maliello, they don't know what's going on, brother. The only way to get hyped, to get jacked for main event status radio, brother, is the Diamond Dew. Ooh. Ah, it gets me ready for a big podcasting effort, brother. What you gonna do when the Diamond Dew runs wild on you? Most people have the wrong impression about the World Wrestling Federation. We're a non-violent form of entertainment. We never use sex to enhance our image. As athletes, we understand the importance of being positive role models. We're good at wholesome family entertainment we're trying to make the world a better place for mankind wwf attitude get it i'm here on the dirty dogs diamonds here on many of status radio you guys always hear me talk about my trucks truck trucks trucks and here is is dusty hills to talk about my trucks oh dog diamonds baby you know they always telling me oh dusty hills are we how many people, are, are there anybody there when you're talking with uh, Dog Stamets? Oh, we got must have 20,000 people behind this camera, Daddy-O. They're talking about Jeeps, they're talking about trucks, they're talking about cars. You know, if you in the Florida Panhandle, baby, you gotta come down to Dog Stamets' uh, car emporium. Tell him that Dusty Hill sent your brother. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Congratulations. What an incredible night. I mean, Roman, you, you won the Royal Rumble. Rock at your side, guys. How are you feeling? It's an incredible moment. Well, how do you think, how do you think I'm feeling? How do you think he's feeling? It, it, it is an incredible moment. Yeah, it's an incredible moment for you. What, what's happening right now, this is what we call a Samoan pancake. 
Yeah, and yeah, everybody likes that. Even the boys over there are laughing. And women pay good money for this, and you're getting it for free. So smarten up and ask the better question. All right, the man just won the Royal Rumble, so talk to him. You're going to the Royal Rumble. You face Brock Lesnar. How can you take down the beast for the WWE world title? You're jumping way ahead schedule right now. I'm in the moment. Right, exactly. I'm in, man. You're getting fired. First of all, I have to show appreciation. When you're down and out, the odds are against you. You're, You're outnumbered. Who can you count on? Blood. The blood running through these veins. Family. Family. It's family, man. It's fa- it's family first. Look, I came to Philadelphia because I wanted to watch my family compete in the Royal Rumble. I came to Philadelphia because WWE is my family. I wanted to watch the Royal Rumble. I came to Philadelphia. I went down. I came to Philadelphia. It's a city known for two things, two kinds of cheeses, cream and steak. S- take that stupid look off your face. I will slap it off. The bottom line is this. My man went out there. He did a hell of a job, epically. Kicked some epic ass. I'm very proud of him. By the way, look, at the end of the day, all jokes aside, you know, this world of the WWE, the Royal Rumble, everybody loves the Royal Rumble, and it's hard to do. To compete in the Royal Rumble is a hard thing to do. So you got a guy like The Big Show, you got a guy like Kane, they go ahead and they, and they double choke slam him. So yeah, I'm going to come out. I would do it because I'm doing, it the right th- I'm doing the right thing for the right guy. But on top of that, again, it's about family. Family first. Now to your ahead uh, of schedule question, Brock Lesnar. Right now I'm going to take a moment to heal. I'm busted up. I'm bleeding everywhere. I need to go see the trainer. I need to heal up. And then I need to study some tape. I'm going against the beast. Brock Lesnar. That's all that matters right now. WrestleMania. One goal. Walk out there, WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and you can believe that. You can believe that. Let me tell you something. What are you, what are you laughing at? I will slap the lips off your face and make you kiss your own ass. Listen, the, <laughs> listen, guys, I'm doing a live interview. Stop laughing. Listen, the bottom line is this. It's family first. So not only is he going into WrestleMania, okay, facing Brock Lesnar, the beast, a man who I have faced before in the past, but he's going to whoop Brock Lesnar's that way. He's not around here, is he? He's a bad dude, man. I don't want to. No. <laughs> he's going to go in and he's going to become WWE champion. Congratulations, Roman. Rock. Shut awesome your moment. mouth. Listen, this is how we end the thing. If you smell what the Rock and Roman, yeah, I make it rain, bitches. Guys, we're live. Stop laughing, okay? What the Rock is cooking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the th- 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 thrilling conclusion of Main Event Status Radio. It only makes sense, Beverly Hills. But this is the thrilling conclusion when I'm chilling with the hills. <laughs> Beverly Hills. That's, That's who I want to thug <laughs> with. Beverly. Thugging with Beverly Hills. You got it, man. Yeah. All right, cool. So okay, let's start. Let's start her her get this uh, jobber and main event status start over with because. I like, I'm so excited to get your thoughts on what the rumble and all that. All My right, cool. jobber is Buck Quartermain. <laughs> because he was jobbed out to Roddy Piper in his phone call. Oh, fair enough. What a loser. See now you want now you make me want to say IRS is my jobber, but I'm gonna go with my original jobber. Who's original? My original jobber. jobber Diesel. <laughs> because he he gets all, he doesn't even get a picture. All he gets is talked about from Todd Pettengill's notebook. And he's not on the show. Nothing. He's not hyped for next week. 
who's the champ? Could have been Buck Quartermain. Who you know? Yeah, something we talked about. talked about by Jared, and that's it. Yeah, something like we talked about last week. That you know, what would have been nice to have the champion, you know, even a pre-taped interview. It, yeah, it right. Would have been nice. Why but, couldn't we have gotten a phone call with him instead of Roddy Piper? Oh yeah, especially yeah, especially since we know know from the tapings, you know, with the duck matches, we know Diesel was there. Yeah, so we right. could have you know, had an interview segment with him and he could claim it was a pre-taped interview. That's so weird. I I just don't understand it all. Or why couldn't if he come out and like cleared out the ring in the uh, King's Court or yeah. something? You know, simple as that. Yeah, just set up, set up a possible match with yeah Jarrett. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So weird. Yeah, then my main event set of star has to be, once again, Shawn Michaels. Because I felt like this was a dud of a show. It was definitely a lot down for uh, Raw after the big pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, I totally. Felt like, for me, Michaels brought up this edition of Monday Night Raw. I felt like this Raw was flat after after the Rumble and did nothing for me. So I felt like the banter between Shawn and Vince was another highlight for me again this week. Yeah. One of the things that does hurt this, though, and I, I thought about this like during the – while I was watching and then as we're talking about it too, I think there was some type of agreement with the um, cable companies with the pay-per-view companies back then. And this went all the way into the Attitude Era. Do you remember on the Raws after pay-per-views when they would only show still yes, yes, pictures? Still, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't, they don't show like the full replays. I think they had have or have, I don't know, some agreement where, they aren't going to give away too much because they're still trying to sell the uh, the replays. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're still trying to sell the replays. So I don't know. I don't know if that has anything to do with why this show sucked so much, but I feel like you can do things with it. Well, yeah, for my me, main. Oh, okay, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just saying. Oh, I guess that that would make sense, but they, I don't know why they still couldn't still. Still frames of the pay per view from the night before and say, yeah, so that they plugged a uh, replay with Piper and Michaels. I don't know why they couldn't show some stills and say, okay, you know, this is this is what happened. Watch the replay to see how we got to got to that. Right, I agree. So, who's your main eventer, Beverly Hills? Okay, my main eventer, probably not yours, obviously. My main eventer, Bark Gun. Yeah. Thought he looked great. I'm probably the only time we'll have a Bart Gunn as my main adventure, but yes. it was a good one. I thought he looked he looked great throughout the match. All his power moves looked good. That leg drop that he threw nearly popped one, two, three kids' head off. That was all good. At least kids' head wasn't bleeding. Oh, God. Anyway, so, as I say, normally, like I mentioned for at the start, normally we uh, talk about the pay-per-view, and I know you watched it. Because we were mm-hmm. emailing each other back and forth from, you know, from you know, last, you know, during the week and all that, and right, yep. You know, I guess kind of talking about, you know, comparing this RAW that we reviewed to the RAW that WWE did this past week, you know, the night after the Rumble, right. I felt like if this RAW that we reviewed would have been three hours, it would have been just like RAW from this past week. Yeah, so, similar. I mean, at least at least the rod this week had you know they had a reason. Yeah, because of the snowstorm and all that that they had. Uh, you know they you know they really couldn't do much, so they replayed the WWE title match, triple threat match, which was definitely the highlight of the, of the pay per view. They also sure. replayed the Rumble match itself, which 
Mm-hmm. I can't blame him. It says he had to fill three hours. You know, you right. got to do something. So, you know, well, exactly. So what else are you going to do? You can't do. I just feel. I feel like they. They did the best in an awful situation. I mean, they could have just done interviews the whole time, but that would have gotten uh, boring. It also would have just been like really stretching them really thin. Because how how would you do interviews for three hours? But yeah, you know, and you got to fill the time slot. Yeah, that'll be boring too. Yeah, so I think showing them those two matches was a good idea. So I feel like the other two matches that were on the card were, I guess, plus the pre-show match was pretty boring. To be honest, in okay, all right. So yeah, let's let's talk about our thoughts on the matches. What's your opinion of the uh, the tag match with the Ascension and the New Age Outlaws? It was what it was. I felt like I guess the way it felt like a, a um, I felt like it was a jobber match, but is a I guess a step up from a jobber match since the Ascension one. I felt like it was a. I guess it was. Uh, crap! I can't think of what, how, really how to say this, but I guess it was a it was a was it a regular one on one match? But I guess it really wasn't a jobber match either. I guess it was kind of, something it, in between. It's not, it's not something in between. I, okay. I you know obviously the Ascension you know need need to you know the rework ain't the greatest, but I guess I can't complain too much since we really don't have much of a take division, and I seem like they're trying to build up the Ascension. Yeah, I, I, they need to give them something. They need to give them some wins, and I appreciate that they gave them a win, even though they made them look really, really bad prior to that. They, get, and, and your guy, JBL, isn't helping. He's yeah. shitting at them every, every step of the way. Yeah. Which really frustrates me. Then we get the take team Divas match with the oh, Bellas against Paige and Natalia, and... To be honest, I wasn't really paying attention to the match. I was, fast forward. Yeah, I fast well, forwarded through it. <laughs> fair enough. You didn't miss nothing because I was just checking out the divas. So, oh god, I was checking out Sun- the other twins. Sorry, Sunshine wasn't there. Well, I gotta check out 40, somebody. So, forty-eight year old. I don't get older; I get better. Wasn't exactly. there? I know. So I had to check out somebody. So the Bella Twins, oh, pretty gorgeous. Oh god, wouldn't it be sweet a a, a divas tag match? Bellas versus I'm I'm not getting older, I'm getting better at Sunshine. Or how about Sunshine and Precious with and better with age ladies, their manager? <laughs> I feel like Jimmy Jam Garvin would have to be their manager since he was with both of them in their careers. It could be a three on two take team match, then that's fine. <laughs> I would have loved that. That would have been the best match oh of the my night gosh. for me. Amazing, amazing. I'd be so happy. Yeah, what's your okay. thoughts on the WWE title match, Beverly? It was awesome. It was a really good match. Uh, the The story of them, you know, trying to take each other out and especially trying to take Brock out and him just being like a literal monster that won't go down like a modern day Frankenstein, I think is just how you need to treat him because like just – that's what he is. He can't just be a person who gets knocked down and, uh, you know, you can be with one finisher. It's going to have to take, you know, 25. So I liked it. Yeah, because it did make me laugh that I think during the middle of the match, how Cena hit one AA, Lesnar pops up. Cena hits a second AA, Lesnar pops up. Uh, Cena hit the third AA, then I can't remember what happened. I think then Rollins ran in, but that made me laugh. And, 
Right. I I really enjoyed that you know that match, and I really enjoyed, at first when I heard that Rollins was added to the match, I was it was to me kind of questionable like what are they gonna do? But I felt like adding Rollins to the match helped the match out ten times because the last few matches with Cena and Brock weren't really that great. Sure. So I felt like it added a different wrinkle to the match and made the match ten times better. And I really liked the ending where, well, I liked a couple spots. Well, the one spot I really liked, I think, towards the middle, beginning of the middle part of the match where J&J Security came in, was attacking Lesnar, and Lesnar doubled German suplexed them and had one guy in each arm and just threw him back. That was good, pretty good, awesome. Yeah, which was awesome. Like, holy crap, how strong is that guy? Granted, those two <laughs> yeah. guys are maybe 200 pounds a piece, if that, but still, you know, you know doing that with one arm and all that, you know, to each guy, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, that it, that was awesome. Then what's your thoughts? Uh-oh. I've been talking into my microphone the whole time and it hasn't been plugged in the whole hour that we've been talking. That's funny, Beverly. Oh, God. Have you been able to hear me? Oh, yeah. You sound just, you sound crystal clear like you have been talking into your mic. Oh, God. I bet, I feel, I bet it sounds better now. Yeah, honestly, there wasn't an echo like there used to be, Beverly. So you you, oh. fooled, you fooled the best of us. Oh my god, I was talking to an unplugged in mic. That's funny, Beverly. So we might as well talk about, I guess, a surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble. I was so excited to see Bubba Ray Dudley there. Yeah, right. He's gotten fatter since his uh, TNA appearances, though. He's been enjoying these three or four months since he last wrestled. I can't blame him, though. He looks more like back when he was in WWE. Maybe they wanted him. Maybe they're like, you know what? You look too skinny. Fatten up, Bubba. (laughs) What's your thoughts on the the matchup for like 45 seconds between Bray Wyatt and the Boogeyman? Yeah. You know, I don't didn't love it, and here's why. Okay, Boogeyman from basically day one when he was introduced by Palmer Cannon was a cartoon, right? Like he know. was he was not meant to be taken seriously. Okay, Bray Wyatt on the other hand, completely opposite. Like he's meant to be like scary, like a horror character, whatever. You're supposed to take him seriously. So, you know, having them match wits and like go head to head, not my favorite thing. Well, I guess the only thing that really happened was they went face to face and and approached like a, a, a move, then Bray White hit a close on and eliminated the boogeyman. So, yeah, I get, yeah. And I guess I'm glad that he just, you know, tossed him out. Yeah. Then, uh, which made me laugh, smile, then. Then the return of DDP for the night, which oh my a, gosh, loved it! It's a great pop, and you know I mentioned you know right when they were doing the countdown, I don't know why, but I checked Twitter, and then it, Twitter spoiled it for me who was coming out. Oh, during the countdown, during the, the countdown, you know it was happening. Then I met hang, hang out with a few buddies. I'm like, it's me, it's me, it's ah, it's me, it's me, it's DDP. And they're like, what a good guess, Mike. And I told him, I need to stay off social media because it just spoiled it for me. <laughs> oh, I thought he looked awesome. He looked great. Uh, I, I was excited to see him. I was hoping that Orton was going to show up and 
you know, and those two would, you know, if they didn't go at each other, they would do, uh, you know, echoing RKO slash Diamond Cutters. <laughs> I was hoping Jake was going to come out. Well, that, that would that would have been like, cool, I thought, too. Well, I was like, okay, well, if DDP's here, then I would think that Jake and Hall are here, and I was really hoping that Jake would come out. Yeah, but, at, you know, we got those three guys. It was nice to see them, even though it was, you know, even if it's a quick pop like the Boogeyman, it was, uh-huh. it was fun. Right. I guess, what's your thoughts on Daniel Bryan coming out as number 10, being eliminated, I think, before number 15 came out? And what's your thoughts on Roman Reigns coming in at number 19, wasn't in the thin and being booed out, being booed out of Philly. You know, I feel like, and someone suggested this, and I couldn't agree more. Um, why, why even bring him out? Why not debut him the night after the Rumble? Like, if he's not gonna win, yeah, not gonna win it. Then, f- yeah, why put him in it? Yeah, because you know, well, maybe they. I guess uh, the point would be maybe they didn't know that he was going to get such a gigantic reaction. But if you, I don't know, you have to be stupid not to know that. But he, the minute he got eliminated, it was done. Yeah. Wouldn't matter if it was Roman Reigns who won or any of the other guys. DDP could have won. And, and they weren't going to like it. No, it was all about Brian. And um. So I I don't know why you do that. Why you bring him out and have him be a no, be eliminated less than you know fifteen minutes later? Yeah, cause, yeah. Yeah, for me, I was excited to see Daniel Bryan coming at number ten. I was excited, and well, because I knew Roman Reigns was going to win because that's what the reports I've been hearing. Yeah, so Daniel Bryan came back early and said, you know, I'm in the Royal Rumble. I'm thinking, okay, I'm interested to see you this curveball being thrown into the WrestleMania plans. Sure. Like, I was hoping that Brian was going to win, but I knew Reigns was going to win. And when Brian got eliminated to seemingly nothing, honestly, it took me all the rest of the, rest of the pay-per-view. I didn't care. Which makes me feel kind of bad for Reigns because I know Reigns is trying. He's doing the best that he can, and I feel yeah. bad for Reigns getting the reaction he got since... It's not his fault. Yeah, I I don't think he looked any worse than he usually does. Yeah, you know he 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 wasn't particularly bad, so that's unfortunate. They set him up for complete failure, which is sad. Yeah, and uh, kind of want to mention that on the podcast that uh, uh, one website that I support that I wrote an article for way a couple years ago was RussellChat.net. And usually, okay. the last two years for the Rumble, they've been, well, I guess this is off subject, but they've been saying, you know, hashtag WC Rumble or something like that. Pick a number and see, and before the Rumble match started, and say, okay, let's see, pick a number, and if that guy wins, you win the, you win the contest. Yeah. Let's just say Beverly Hills, for the two years they've done, done it, I'm two for two on picking the Rumble no, winner. Shit. Yeah. For real? Yeah, which, as I was saying, last year I picked whatever number Batista was at. I think it was either 27 or 28. I can't remember. I want to say 28. I picked it when Batista's music hit. When 28 came out, I'm like, I want it. And <laughs> do, you this win year, do you win anything from it? Why? Well, I, glory? I think just pretty much glory, but I think I was supposed to win a, like a Rubble DVD or something okay. like that, but it's still a big deal. I want- 
I won money once amongst my. Yeah, I remember, remember you saying that, yeah. The so, year that Seamus won. Seamus won, yeah. So yeah <laughs> that that made me laugh. That yeah, when nineteen you know got counted out and and Roman Reigns came up, like uh, I had that feeling again. Like, damn it, I called it two for two, two years in a row. Like, damn, like bro. I need to start picking Powerball numbers or something. <laughs> But I wanted, yes. I wanted to mention that on the podcast, and if we remember, maybe next year we can do, you know, something similar with with our with the listeners if you guys are interested. Sure. But I guess you know, kind of tied you know that in back with the rumble. After the after the whole rumble thing, we had the whole Twitter trend on hashtag cancel WWE Network, and everybody being seemingly pissed off that. The second year in a row, Daniel Bryan did not win the Royal Rumble. And okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal first with the hashtag trending. It doesn't take that much to get a hashtag trending. Do you know how many people retweeted that or whatever used it to get it trending? How many, Beverly? 75. That's it? That's it. Holy crap. I thought it would have, would have been more. <laughs> no, 75. <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> I know, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, it's so it's, and it's taking over the world. So many people are unsubscribing <laughs> from the network. 75 people did it within the first or when, you know, when it trended or yeah. whatever. Which makes me laugh. Because it's all about, you know, it's all about the like immediacy and you know, people doing it at the same time and around something that's popular. The idea of getting something trending isn't as simple as like numbers. You know, it's it's beyond that. It's a you know complicated math thing that's way beyond my ninth grade math uh, <laughs> mind. So, yeah, <laughs> I guess it made me laugh because like people are pissed and moaning that. On social media, that thought that testimony on social media is really going to change anything. Which th- thought thought was funny that on Tuesday WWE released their network numbers, and they actually hit one million subscribers. Right, which makes me laugh. That which well, like I mentioned before, I listened to Wrestling Observer podcast with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, and they mentioned that that was a number like mere moments before they broke that news. So that is actually oh, okay. a current number was a million subscribers. So I think Meltzer said it was like 1.1 million or something like that. So it was okay. just a tad bit more, but it seemed like the hashtag cancel WWE network kind of blew up in their face. At least in the face of the haters on Twitter. Yeah. I, you know, I wonder, I think this goes a lot to you know, social media and the immediacy of how social media works. Um, and, you know, just, just cause like in years past and years before Twitter and Facebook and all that, um, you know, there's, there's people who get upset over stuff and there, there always has been and there always will be. But when it happened in the past before the opinions and the, the group opinions could be formed, people usually have a chance to kind of chill out. Yeah. Uh, you know, now m- 
you know, it, I, there's no chilling out. Okay. If I, if I'm pissed, I throw it up, you know, everybody else throws it up and it's there. Yeah. I guess I kind of want to men- ask you about this cause I actually did come up with a pat or I re- reworded this, a uh, present to past segment, Beverly Hills. Okay. okay. Well, just one question you approach, I guess answered it, but I did throw it up on Twitter too. Sure. Uh, last night when I, before I went to bed, how much okay. has slash does social media affect watching wrestling nowadays? Right. Well, I th- I think it really snowballs like a prevailing thought because you know twenty years ago, uh, my thought is my thought or whoever I have in the room with me. Yeah. Um, now I can go on Twitter. I can search a hashtag. I can search the people that I follow. And I can, you know, jump in on an opinion with a hundred thousand people. And it I think it snowballs. It makes those opinions bigger and bigger, like the idea of, you know, hating the fact that Roman Reigns won or that Daniel Bryan didn't win. Um, and just making making that really grow to the point where uh WWE has to do something about it. And I think there there's goods and bads to that. The the bad is that I think it sometimes causes really knee jerk reactions, like oh no the the fan base is revolting, whatever. And I think that you know it's a very small minority, yeah, small minority, yeah. Um, the good is that they're listening, you know, it causes them to listen, <laughs> which is never a bad thing. Yeah, I guess when you're drinking a swig of Diet Mountain Dew, I got a second. Question kind of tied it in with what we're reviewing. Do you feel yeah. like social media would have hurt the product back in 1995? Like it's seemingly to be hurting the product in 2015? Well, see, that's the thing, and I'm not sure if it would hurt or help. Um, it, it all depends on the reaction. Uh, you know, if they, if, if Twitter would have been around to affect some some of the really terrible things that were going on, maybe it would have been an awesome thing. Um, you know, if it would have just caused them to keep the course and bring in the bodyguard that they're going to be bringing in to, in a couple weeks here and just keep up with it, well, you know, that's bad bad on top of bad. But, you know, I don't know. It all depends. Okay, because I, I feel like now with WWE not having a real competi- competitor like they did in 1995 with World Championship Wrestling, I feel like social media is there to tell Vince and whoever else is in the higher-ups that, okay, this is what we're not liking about the current product, and this is what we would like to see. Yes, I agree. And I know I emailed you an article from uh, Justin Henry over at Kemo Clutch Blog on Monday, this past Monday, and how he was pretty much saying... Kind of like what I guess how I felt too, but he put it in words that was more eloquent than my own. Prince saying something along the lines of, if you don't like the product, don't complain about it on Twitter or on Facebook or social media. Just cancel your subscription. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you don't like the product, yeah, just cancel it and, and all that. Then if, you know, so many people cancel the network because uh, say because Daniel Brown didn't win instead of 1 million subscribers if they got 50 you know 500,000 subscribers 
I think that, that would have been a sign to Vince saying that, hey, what we're doing is wrong. Let's figure out what, let's turn this train around like they did last year and let's do something else. Yeah, but you know what? I can't agree with that. I really can't because okay. because like we saw with the the million subscribers or whatever, that takes months to actually affect the number. Even if you would have canceled on Sunday, um, you aren't off the books till the end of the month. So today, um, so you still count even if you would have canceled. Makes sense. Um, so, and the the point of showing. Uh, your your disdain or your anger or whatever is not to like. Well, I'm I'm so angry that I'm never gonna watch wrestling again. Well, don't don't be silly. You know, yeah, you're gonna watch it I'm, again. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a wrestling fan. Just to show the the anger for the product, I'm gonna unsubscribe. No. I, so I think it's a good idea to go to Twitter and say, I hate that whatever Daniel Bryan didn't win or, you know, whatever you're pissed off about it. I think it's way more of a, you know, shotgun reaction to be like, well, I'm going to cancel the network. Really? Like, I think that's Stupid! I th- I don't know. I, I didn't really like this uh, okay. this article that you sent me at all. Fair, fair enough, I guess. For me, I'm not a big fan of going on social media, you know, on Facebook with my f- friends or with on Twitter with people I follow. I really don't want to go on social media and read about negativity. I understand that. I, I guess, understand you know, that. I guess that you know. No, for me during, during during the work week, my mind tends to go to the negative side because, you know, because of the only different reasons, and most of it are silly and on my end of why I'm negative. But I don't want to check social media and help see other people being negative and feed into my negativity. I understand that. So that's I why that. I guess I'm not a big fan of using social media to vent it so much about my frustrations, you know, I guess in costs or whatever else, I guess, you know, if people are PO'd about Daniel Bryan not winning, I guess think about how to word it in the best way, then put it out there. Not, Ooh, I'm going to cancel the WWE network, you know, kind of <laughs> like, well, I guess what you're saying, I guess not so much shotgunning and letting out your frustrations. Just think about how to properly word it, then put it out there. Not, you know, because I guess for me, one of the first things I let's say if I have a thought and put it on social media, it's usually not worded the greatest. You know, if I give it a couple minutes, couple minutes of thought on how to word it better, then it doesn't sound so bad. I guess my grammar ain't as bad. <laughs> sure. Well, I think I think what you're more saying, and I would completely agree with this, would just be like take a second. Yeah. Just to, you know. Instead of while you're super hot, think on it. Take take a few hours. Take a take a day. And I'm totally with you on that. I couldn't agree more with yeah. you on that one. Uh, you know that that one I'm I'm with, and I think everybody in life could appreciate from cooling down a second before they say 
yeah. what's on their mind. <laughs> and yeah. that, that goes for Twitter. That goes for me and you in the street, you know, yeah. all of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I guess, uh, yeah, I guess the knee jerk reactions, I don't feel like are, are always the best repre- representation of the individual. Yes. So I guess this whole can uh, hashtag cancel WWE network was a knee jerk reaction. And I don't on Twitter. I put a, put down during the WWE title match. If John Cena walks out as champion, I'm gonna unsubscribe to my network. So like, <laughs> I was thinking, wait, wait, I like, did see that. I was thinking, if if that actually happened, would I actually unsubscribe to the network? Like, no, well, like we're doing this podcast. I'm not just yeah. gonna give it a, give it away. I'd be mad at you. Yeah. So like, <laughs> if you're like, well, well, Beverly Hills, I had to cancel the network because I said that I want if John Cena won. Yes. So like. You know, stuff like that, you know, like knee-jerk reactions, like I said, aren't the best representation of the individual. So yes. I guess, you know, the whole hashtag cancel WWE Network was, I guess, a representation of the of the disinterest in the, of what we got at the Royal Rumble. Sure. But I feel like, you know, just taking time to see what creative has for WrestleMania 31. You know, yeah. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar might not be what we want, but who's to say that we won't get what we want at WrestleMania 32? Yeah. We know, well, we and I know. mean, and like someone I think pretty eloquently stated was like, um, finally, the WWE did, is trying something with a new person. Just because it's the new person that we don't want. You know, is that, you know, is that their fault or whatever? You know? Well, yeah, like I said, said, that's why it's kind of bothered me about, you know, Roman Reigns. Like, he did nothing wrong. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, why not see what's next? Because, yeah, I was listening to, like I said, I was listening to the Wrestling Observer podcast this past week at work to help pass the time at work and help, I guess, mold my opinion for the podcast this week and what Meltzer was talking about was you know Daniel Bryan I think is like in his early to mid 30s and he's you know has a bad knack and WWE uh-huh. doesn't want to shotgun and put the company on his back because who knows what shape kind of shape you've been in five years yeah exactly and you know right. so why not put yeah, he's coming back from he's coming back from next surgery that they that was very much thought by a large percentage of people, would end his career. Yeah. And we're going to put him on in the main event of WrestleMania? Cool it. Yeah. So I guess the kind of, with that point that I'm not angry that Roman Reigns is being shotgunned to the main event. You know, is he, is he the main event status star quite yet? I don't think so. I think he needs another year to at least. But yeah. who else is... Ready? Nobody. I don't think anybody else is. Maybe his Dolph Ziggler, but they started and stopped his yeah. push so many times it hurt. Oh him. man! Yeah. You know, right. They, you oh know, gosh! Am- it's it's damaged him. Yeah, Dean Ambrose. I don't think is fully read fully there yet. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, Seth Rollins is a heel, so I you know I don't think he's quite ready yet either. So mm-hmm. you know, like Daniel Bryan, we don't know how. Well, he's been cleared to wrestle, but we don't know when. His body's going to fail him again, you know. Yep. So I just, 
you know, I am interested to see how the road to WrestleMania 31 shapes out. I'm interested to see what happens after WrestleMania 31 this year just to see what's next. Yes, exactly. So I guess we might as well wrap it up for the week, Beverly Hills. Yes, sir. On all that. So you guys can, you know, listen to us at our website, maineventstatus.com. Again, it's maineventstatus.com. You can listen to us on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash radio. That's all one word. Again, it's soundcloud.com slash radio. And also listen to us on iTunes. Search us out in the in the uh, podcast library, subscribe to us. The old feed has officially been deleted off of iTunes, so it's oh, just God. our current feed, you know, the new feed with all the podcasts. So subscribe to us there, rate us, review us, help us move up the charts because we want to beat the roster part because we're tired of Jim Ross's saucy attitude and his sassy personality. You can, uh, you can, uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio. Talk to us there. Please don't hashtag cancel MESR. Talk to, <laughs> us, talk to us on Facebook. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. You can also follow us on Twitter. Beverly, how can they follow you on Twitter? At Beverly Hills MES. And for me, it's Dirty Dog MES. And that's <laughs> dog as D-A-W-G. Dirty dog, M-E-S. Beverly Hills, do you have any final thoughts? I do not. Everybody, please take a second and think about what's on your mind. Don't hot shot it and put it on social media. Think about it. Take a couple hours, take the night to think about it, review it. Then put it up on Facebook and Twitter and what other, other social media sites you guys use because... If you keep hot shutting it, your opinion, things might not look still, people's opinions about you might not look so good. I agree. So, for Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll talk to you guys next time on Made Event Status Radio. I'm only here so I won't get fined. Ladies and gentlemen, I really like that. That's fantastic. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen.